Solo honk, so that means a bit of a bonus episode here on A Gaggle of Geeks, the podcast. I'm Sophie Lai, and last year, uh, myself and Blake Howard were lucky enough to chat to the incredible team behind The Tick, which is out now on Amazon Prime Video. We chatted to creator Ben Edland and star Griffin Newman, so here's a bit of that chat now. This has been your baby. You created this back in the 80s. Yeah. So um, how was it? What was the original concept when you came up with it all the way back then? Uh, I mean, in a lot of ways, it came from the same sort of seed concept of, uh, I mean, at that point, I was reading comic books, reading superhero comics, and there were a lot of, I mean, it was, uh, superheroes were very important to my burgeoning awareness, and the idea of having fun with them, still loving them, but sort of making fun of them and having fun with them started to just be something that made a lot of sense to me. And I grew up in uh, kind of semi-rural Massachusetts where there's just a lot of ticks. So, <laughs> I mean, that's just... Actually, my dad, who... All right, two parts of it. One was, I think, my dad was very influentially uh, odd man who kind of <laughs> helped with the just general bed of absurdity from whence the tick sprung. But then, and a good example of that is, and the, tying into ticks, I'll be quick. Uh, <laughs> you know, he used to keep a jar full of gasoline on the kitchen windowsill during the summer and we would have dogs that we would be pulling the ticks off of a, a lot of ticks and then you would put the ticks in the gasoline it, like building a Molotov cocktail over the course of the worst one that's not how you want to go by the way covered in a flaming bath a of gasoline bomb. and tick yeah. uh, but no so it would by the end of the summer it would look like a jar full of olives and gasoline and that was pretty traumatic <laughs> so anyway uh, you know ticks and superheroes sort of found their way to meet and a humorous notion about like taking on the totemic kind of uh, using the tick as your bat for Batman yeah you know and the idea that even in the 80s it was so far that I thought it was funny so far into the superhero you know kind mm. of saturation of our culture that wow you you've run out of names and you need to go all the way down the list of scary animals to tick the you know tapeworm is the next one under it um Anyway, I so that know, was the beginning. I don't know if I've ever told you this. My mother had like very, very severe Lyme disease. Had like a real oh, intense kidding. bat of Lyme Holy disease. Crap. That's so I feel like, stuff. yeah, I never like you're you're saying your whole reason for picking the tick was like, oh, what a comical, ridiculous thing. <laughs> and I think by the time I found out about this property, I was like, yeah, ticks are as scary as Batman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like really instilled, brought my family to its knees. Right. And that's yeah. Man. We we had like a long planned trip to Disney World. I was one of those kids who was constantly pushing to go to Disney World. When we finally went on the trip, my mom had like uh, come down with Lyme wow. disease. So we, my dad would take my brother and I out to the rides and she was hotel bound yeah it, we'd just come back and she was lying it felt like it was oh. like Wuthering Heights or something <laughs> she was just lying in this hotel room with the lights off and the That's final it. day we rented a wheelchair Right. And we were able to skip the lines, and it was like, you can pick three rides that mom goes on. And I was pushing my wheelchair around, <laughs> around <laughs> Disney World, so happy. 
Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That gives a tremendous depth to your performance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's the grounding. That's every actor needs to have a secret in their performance. Now yeah, I've spoiled mine. That's a real yeah. strange association with. Yeah. 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 All of that. But I've never viewed it as like a a, a comedic idea. No, right. I find a lot of things funny about the show, but the fact yeah. that he's a tick, I'm like, right, terrifying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You bought that entirely. Uh, that wholesale. And that, you were a criminal, uh, that would have thrown your yeah, heart into yeah, a, yeah. a quiver of pain. The heart of danger. And it's yeah. perfect because it, I think it just plays into the dead seriousness with which that you approach this role. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. like, it's like, if you, if yeah. you are there being completely, you just buy in that this is a serious landscape. Yeah. So I, I love, uh, about this property and about your current adaption of it is, we are absolutely at superhero saturation, and I feel like you need. I feel like the tick is like the cold bucket of water that appears every sort of decade that says, "Hey guys, just can we just not take ourselves so goddamn seriously for just a half minute?" And yeah. it's it's okay. It's okay. Was that like a was that part of the gestation and sort of the desire for this new project specifically? I I think that I think that's how it feels to me. It does. It seems as though this level of saturation of, with superheroes, we're at the point of reaching a kind of fatigue mm-hmm. yes. level, and that's. And I would have thought that I mean that's what's strange about the persistence of this is. I you thought know, we were going to hit was, fatigue ten years ago. Yes, yeah. and then four <laughs> years ago, and then three years ago. Like we were developing this, I was sort of working out the pilot and sort of working on different versions and trying to work out the engineering with uh, Amazon for about three and a half years, well, about three years, and uh, it. I thought that we were already going to be, oh, we're going to miss it. We're going to miss the crescendo and just be like commenting on something that had happened. But we're still, it's still widening and widening. And I, I very distinctly remember like amazing. nine years ago in 2008 reading a ton of think pieces of like, I think this is. Right. The tipping point. We're done right, now. Right. Yeah. And Iron, Man, Iron Man has happened. And the, the Dark Knight came out that together summer. that no, summer. No, no, but I remember reading those pieces right. before those two movies came out. And yeah. everyone was like, I think this is the last year of Superhero. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and instead. That's the two movies that like completely set the next decade in right. motion. Yeah. Right. So a very, I'm yes, I would say the tick was called into service almost. That's how it feels more or less. Yes. Um, to, and we're doing a weird thing with the energy that drew us here, which is like trying to also take part in all of the. Because the tick only exists because I'm an enthusiastic enjoyer <laughs> of hero fiction. It yes. just exist. won't quit. Yeah, and like it's yeah. So it just comes back, and it wants. This is the one where we want to take the most seriously mm. the thing we're making fun of, and uh, it makes it for a very interesting um, soup. Th- that's know. what I think is so interesting about this sort of reconceptualization uh, of, of these characters that Ben has come up with in this world is that, like, on one hand, we're kind of throwing cold water in the face of all these so-called serious, you know, or <laughs> self-serious superhero properties. But on the other hand, I think it's there's a very, very pure, simple, classical idea of superheroism at the center of this show. Yes. You know, it's not superheroes fighting other superheroes or fighting a hole in the sky <laughs> or <laughs> fighting their own doubts. Or a blue light into the sky is my favorite. <laughs> right, right. It's like, the tick is like what you kind of 
think of superheroes being when you're six. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's he, like, he has that, lo- that um, Peter has that wonderful line. It's like, heroes are the soul for villains. Oh, right. And it's right. just like, that is a, that is synthesis of that. Perfect. It's just, we've gone so far, like all the way around, like so hot it's cold. Yes. That mm-hmm. now doing the most classical version of a superhero is yeah. weirdly the most like countercultural. <laughs> yeah. That you know, is like the cold of, bucket of water is right. like, oh, remember they used to like stop people save people doing bad things. they were nice <laughs> <laughs> they liked being good yeah, they liked people yes. like uh that was that's a big deal with the tape why do these people really want me to save them all the time <laughs> the darkness in my brain won't let me sleep I've got okay but do you like people yeah. what are people yeah what is the point yeah. even what is yeah so well this is the third iteration of this coming to the screen i mean you've had the first it was the comic and then you had the cartoon and then you had the, another live action, and now this. How do what separates this from other, the ones that you have tried to adapt it previously? Uh, time. No. <laughs> uh, uh, well, a lot of things. I, I think this environment is, like we're saying, is a very different one, an unexpectedly kind of fertile sort of bed for what the tick might want to do. Um, the approach, where we have a different approach. Um, I think, you know, uh, hmm. each each one is made of the stuff of its time, mm-hmm. so and and of its medium. Uh, so the cartoon was Saturday morning cartoons of its time, and it was made of the same stuff, almost literally, like across the hall they were making X Men. Like <laughs> Larry Hughes was making X Men, and we were doing the Tick. We were using the same companies, we were using the same animators, so we were of our, and so that. And then the live action was kind of its time, which was like live action cartoons were of that moment. Like, uh, and so it kind of. In the year of Scooby Doo, I'm thinking. Like, the the Scooby Doo live live action action Flintstones. Live action Flintstones. All of these things sort of had this. I mean, you could list, like, like, it just went down the list of all these things Mm -hmm. that were sort of. uh, the first flush of probably people who enjoyed it as kids being in positions of power and trying to express these things again right, in yeah. some way. And not yeah. caring about novels. You know? yeah, right. <laughs> Saying, what should like, we like, adapt? What yeah. can we adapt? What did I learn as a child? <laughs> well, not very yeah. much. Um, <laughs> but I, do, I always say that it's like Ben's job, weirdly, as you know, the keeper of this tick flame, has been to hold up a funhouse mirror to whatever's going on in superhero culture at the time. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like, well, let's bring the tick back because there's a fan base to do it it's like hey guys get in the pool (laughs) superheroes are hot again (laughs) he's like he's making a tick that he couldn't have made 10 years ago or five years ago you know and if we get to make more and more seasons of this i think the show will evolve as the superhero Mm -hmm. culture evolves around it because it really exists in a dialogue with you know what we're all kind of accepting as the norm in these stories yeah Yeah. (laughs) um i saw your pinned tweet i have to talk about it yeah yeah that you said your michael keaton's hair gives you faith that one day you'd be able to play a superhero september of 2000 september 14 no 2013 (gasps) 2013 which is nailed it baby yes my question is (laughs) if you make more of the tick yeah am i gonna see you in a black sort of turtleneck At, at a long table, and I'm asking Ben yeah. as well, a long table sure. eating cereal while Peter's at the other end of the table having can I, some cereal. Can I show you, and I have not rigged this up, my background on my phone. <laughs> my background on my phone is 
for, for the listener at home, it is the first shot of Michael Keaton in Batman Returns. Yes. His character introduction after we've had the whole Penguin prologue. Black turtleneck. Right. He's sitting there in the turtleneck. In, in, a, in, a, in a high-topped leather chair. Deep in thought. And then you see the bat signal be activated. <laughs> yes. And it reflects into his window and he looks up and it's this incredible moment of, oh, wow, this guy is so sad and so lonely. He's in a giant house. He's got all the money in the world. And if he's not being Batman, he doesn't know what to do with himself. <laughs> and that's one of my favorite moments in all of, of superhero culture, yes. any medium, anything. I just right. felt like that was such interesting distillation of a real guy put in that situation. Yes. And like five years ago, probably around the time of that tweet, a little bit before, I was drinking with my friends and talking about how much I love Michael Keaton and pulling up pictures of different things. I was like, God damn, I'm going to just make this a background on my phone. And I woke up the next morning and it's the only time I've ever felt good about something I did when I was drunk. Um, but he's always been this North star for me. He's yes. kind of like, you know, when people ask you as an actor, like, so whose career do you want to... It's like, that's an impossible question. You know, and so much of acting, it's like opportunities it's about what's mm -hmm. being made you know i dreamed of being able to play arthur but i didn't know if they were ever going to do the tick again if they yeah. did if i was going to be at the right point in, in my life to play the role you know um but michael keaton the, just the amount of different sort of genres he's been able to exist in, how long he's been able to mm -hmm. you know just keep going and, right and diverse and diverse roles too right. like you know i saw a great picture the other day the blessings of the internet and Photoshop. Someone yeah. photoshopped his Beetlejuice next to Heath Ledger's Joker, so yeah. it looked like he was talking to him on a sure. couch. And yeah. I was just like, "That's such a that's such a perfect yeah. thing." Mm -hmm. They've got the yeah. black eyes. They're both yeah. insane. It's just it's, it's excellent. But I always, you know, like the the Michael Keaton Batman was the one that felt like there was no way I was ever going to get to do that. Yes, <laughs> that felt like such a weird anomalous event that he got to play that yeah. character. Insanity. You mm -hmm. know, totally insane. Because even like when Chris Pratt is like, "Oh, he was a sitcom guy," but then it turns out he. He had those cheekbones underneath and, <laughs> yeah. and he becomes a very conventional leading man and michael keaton was always doing something very weird in those movies yes it didn't really feel like he fit and the hair thing was a reduction of that <laughs> you know but i have like weird curly unruly hair and i remember watching that and just going like you know re-watching one of those two movies for like a thousand time and going like they would never let someone with hair like that play a character like this again no and they wouldn't let a guy be his take on the character was exactly that that moment, which is this guy's insane, right? Mm. This guy's like he's got a problem. Like he's the kind of guy that does pick up the uh, the uh, the sort of the fire stoker, the metal right. fire stoker, and and try and attack someone in in a in a room. It's in, right. it's it's such a, an how, interesting how, performance. How many episodes of the of the series have you seen now? Have you gotten to see four? Okay, so uh, there's a moment uh, in episode four that I directly steal from that, from Michael <laughs> Keaton with the fire poker, which is, I think it got cut down a little, so I don't know if the full line reading is in there, but it's, uh, when I am, I, I'll keep it vague for uh, listeners who haven't seen the show yet, is when I'm facing an antagonist, I'm backed in a corner in a hallway, right. and a villain is coming towards me, and I grab a, uh, a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> And go like, come on, come on, you know, oh. I'm gonna get nuts. Like I don't say, but I do whatever I say I'm, in that moment. I'm only gonna hear you in my yeah. mind. Yeah. It's <laughs> like people who thought they saw the ear get cut off in Reservoir yes. Dogs. Yeah. I'm now gonna see you doing. I'm, that. I'm directly stealing uh, <laughs> line delivery and physicality from him in that. My whole performance is just stolen from Michael Keaton. But I think no. But I think you know the thing that was weird in that movie is that movie is very uh, uh, cartoonish and self serious. It's cartoonish and dramatic, yes, and not self-serious, but but dark and brooding. And he had this weird idea to play him as like a lunatic, as like yes. a really unfulfilled kind of guy. 
Um, the real like psychological kind of truth going down, right? And in that craziness, right? Yes. And that was you know it was written, it was baked right into the cake from the way Ben wrote Arthur in this version. But what really excited me was the idea of. I've auditioned for so many sort of like, uh, you know, be, because of how I look and what have you, most of the roles I end up auditioning for are mm-hmm. these sort of latchkey people or people who are the butt of the joke or yeah. struggling to, you know, get respect or whatever it is. But very often it feels like that character is written as a punchline. Yes. You know, without any sort of real compassion um, and without really any integrity for the person, even if they don't have that much integrity. It bugs me when I see, like, writers or actors clearly uh, think the character's a nerd yes. <laughs> in addition to yes. the world of the property that treats the character like a nerd. Yes. You know? What, what a loser. This guy I'm writing. Um, Is that really necessary? Right. And I, I you know, for years... You would years, think they would love him. Ben writes, right. ben writes Arthur with love, though. That's the thing. And, oh, the, yeah. and, and the tick loves Arthur. For, for years, I for would sure. audition for these uh, poorly written things, and I would go in, and I would try to play it like a real person, and they'd go, oh, okay, what do you want? Congratulations. Come on, it's a comedy. Bigger, bigger, bigger. And they just want you to, like, throw the pie in your own face, and I'd always get so bummed out. Mm. And I read this script, and I said, like, well, I know how I'd like to play it, but what are the odds they would let me do that? Yes. And then I sent my tape in, and Ben was like, yeah, that's what we want to do. And <laughs> yeah. it just felt so bizarre that it was like, oh, you actually want him to be a real guy in the center of this thing. Yes. And trust that the comedy will come out of putting him in those circumstances, the juxtaposition, rather than having to play it mm. comedically. Yes. You know? And, and I, I, I love that there's that sincerity in your performance, but on the flip side, you get the villains, and they are just like bickering siblings. Sure. It's so... Sure. It's a great juxtaposition, because like, yeah. villains aren't going to be nice to each other. Right. <laughs> right. Right. And I feel like a lot of times when I come face-to-face with a villain on the show, it's kind of just like... It's like a... A kid in high school just trying to reason with a bully. Please, come on, don't do this. Don't. Ugh, God. Like the introduction of the terror (laughs) was just him, like, eating a kid's ice ice cream. cream. As evil as you can possibly. Pretty basic. Pretty basic bad. Uh, That comes right out of the first page of the bad textbook. Bad textbook. You will eat a kid's ice cream and badly eat it, too. It's yeah, just it's pouring just down Jackie O'Hallie's Most of it face. doesn't in his mouth. You have to yeah. guzzle it yeah. if you're really going to, yeah. No, that's, uh, it's, it's funny. That, that is a sort of a, that scene where Arthur loses his dad is a kind of, for, for, for me, was a sort of a codex of tone. And yes. I think for a lot of people watching the thing, that's one of the, in the first maybe hour of watching, there's a couple of key moments where certain areas are sort of staked down. Like, mm-hmm. okay, tremendous tragedy will be depicted in this show. Yes. With almost a tone deaf sense of what's going on, <laughs> We're trying to get comedy out of the worst things yes. and doing like you know, and and that that's part of life that felt like real and sort of an interesting area to hit. And then I think uh, the the hug between, uh, I guess I don't want to spoil. Yeah, there's the, a hug. Occasionally, there's, times, a hug. there's some hugs. Yeah. I mean, there's like moments of emotion that are sort of like important key um, things to kind of land and then uh, we needed to throw some blood around. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like, yeah, there's a there's a map that's kind it's of... Setting the parameters of like where we're able to go in the show emotionally and tonally and, and mm-hmm. viscerally and... Yeah, I mean, yeah. this has been, it's, I'm not even sure what the question was, I apologize, <laughs> but this has been a real rare chance to kind of play a lot of interesting games with that stuff. It, I think the only thing that I regret is that there's not a, 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 in the world of streaming services, that there's not a channel 
playing the tick at the same time that there's a channel playing the more sort of well-known properties perhaps that are on at the moment, like the Defenders. Because yep. I think I love, one thing I adore is if you flick the channel, the aesthetic, sometimes <laughs> it feels like the same city and it feels like the same thing. And then sure. you're like, what the hell am I watching right, right now? Right, if right. I've seen these really self-serious characters, I wish there was just this... You'd like someone to be able to stumble into that environment. I would love to see someone who didn't know what the tick was accidentally lean on their remote, flick into huh? it after being midway through, say, like a, yes. a, a, a daredevil and go, wait, right. what's going on? Well, no, I would I mean, love that. Is I this would... an X-Man? I'm not, hang on. Uh, wait, wait. Is he bright blue? <laughs> but you're speaking this very big difference in how we process TV now because yes. it's an art form that that now uh, viewers approach with a lot of intentionality. Yes. yes, TV used to be something that you would like discover by accident. You, you would know? come through the trees and you would right. say, "Oh, there's right. a watering hole with it." A- and now it's like a commitment. <laughs> I'm going to watch ten episodes of this thing, even yeah. if I don't think it's very good. You know, <laughs> a lot of people I know went, "Yeah, I watched the first two episodes; it was bad." But there are only eight more, and I go, eight hours? You kept <laughs> right. going for eight hours?" Yeah, no, no. Um, but I think, you know, I think a lot of the legacy of The Tick and the two previous TV shows, which have these rabid fan bases, of which I, I was a part, still am a part, uh, <laughs> is that it was like a show that you would turn on. And if you had a certain kind of sideways brain and sense of humor yes, and had that sort of read on the conventional, uh, conventional, conventional uh, sort of accepted tropes of this sort of storytelling, yes. you'd just be like, what is this is yeah. this am i reading too much into this or is this show actually on the wavelength i think it is it's you know like, it's like a dog whistle yeah you just you, you just it hits this right. weird frequency in your mind you're like wait did that happen <laughs> yes and especially with the cartoon i mean the i feel like huge. you know i i talk to people and they either go like oh i was so hugely into that show i would watch it with my parents right that was the only saturday morning cartoon show that my parents wanted to watch with me and they yeah. tried to explain to me what it was <laughs> doing why it was interesting you know or you got I'll talk to people who went like, yeah, I never watched it because I just thought it was the same as those other ones. Yeah. Right. You know? Yeah. Which was kind of like, it was like... Compliment in a sense. It's a sheep in the grass kind of thing. Like, you had the aesthetics and you were on this landscape Mm -hmm. where X-Men was down the hall, you know, and literally sharing, like, neighbors with you on the time slots. I think that part of the value of the ticket that time and maybe part of what you're regretting or what we all regret in a way is you... It allowed us, and I love the notion of a sheep in the grass. I, said sheep in the grass. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I don't, want to it. I don't want to change it. It's, it's a like, hungry sheep. I was if like, I'd never heard that before. Had, I love that. If that had you know nefarious designs, you would never suspect right. it. Right. It's a sheep. It's, it's grass, kind of a big it sheep. Perfect big sense, blue and sheep. Then they yeah. shivs you. Yeah. That sheep. But yeah. um, the notion of like uh, the judo flip of you come in with one set of expectations, which yeah. um, Saturday morning those were very scaled down expectations and when yeah. weird stuff started to happen in the course of the experience which was the ticks whole reason for being practically like uh it was really a, a hiccup <laughs> in culture like yes. you were like, wait a minute is this like i had the same experience before the tick when i was younger watching um uh, Ralph Bakshi and John Christopher yeah. Lucy's uh Mighty, Mighty Mouse, Mouse, Mighty Mouse. Yeah. and like that to me was like is this allowed to happen? (laughs) Yes. It was very freeing. And, uh, you know, I think that nowadays this level of intentionality, there is something that's a little bit, you don't get to stumble into this situation. It's kind of an incredible experience. I mean, because I know I had those sort of formative shows for me where it would feel like, Wait, there's someone else in the world right. who yes. thinks the same yes. way I do. You this know, was, that's a huge thing for people looking through right. the glass into ex- like 
the outsider. Right. You're a weird sort of isolated kid, and you just flip through and suddenly catch a line of something or an image of something. And yeah. went, all, like, it ta- all it took was yeah. a line. Wait, so yeah. in order to write this, someone else had to have the same sensibility that I did, and then yeah. other people had to work on it, too, and people had to improve <laughs> and, it to be on the air. And with an animation, they drew it. Lonely. Right. There were people right. drawing this right. Yes. Right. to hit that line. Right. It's, it's It means a, a lot, and that's yeah. actually, in a large way, the experience I am caught up in replicating Yes. For an invented version of myself who is constantly out there somewhere, it's that signal connection that I had when I was younger that is, that's what I'm into. Yeah. I think that's what yeah. I think we're all probably into. Is it's like, like a homing beacon. Like, yeah. weird kids, come over here. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I think... Echolocation. Yeah. And right. I, I think, um, not to spoil, we did sort of skate along. There is a hug to be had. A big hug. A big hug. Yeah. Right. Yes. In, in, this, in this show yeah. and in the first yeah. four episodes, in the second episode, in fact. And I think that is almost one of those, like, uh, despite the intentionality, which is like, oh, for God's sake, will someone give this guy a hug? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and when it happens, you're like, did someone hear my brain? <laughs> Did someone hear my brain? Because oh, cool. sometimes you want, that's what, I, I suppose that's like the collective yearning that people have in some of these shows. It's like, oh my God, this brooding guy, just give him a hug. Right. Seriously. Can he sell, tell his secret to that person and can they just <laughs> right. get along now and yes. everyone be okay? Right. It's like, or like change yeah. the dynamic. Let's, uh, let's just yeah. give him the hug and see what happens, right. for well, God's sake. Well, like right. the Lego Batman movie, which yes. I loved, is like after 75 years <laughs> of like kind of avoiding what's going on in this dude's brain. <laughs> the movie's just like every character saying to him over and over again, like, you're not happy, are you? <laughs> you know? Uh, and and I think, you know, y- you imagine in, in a more traditional landscape where you would be flipping through the channels and would suddenly just yes. see a giant blue guy crushing yeah. a kid in a poncho <laughs> while the strings swell around them, you know? It just feels like... It's it's a weirdly transgressive image, I think, yeah. because so. of how vulnerable it is. Yeah. yeah, you know, and how human it is amongst all this the and, craziness going and, on around mm. us. And also, just it still is oddly, it's unusual in hero fiction, which is a male-dominated sport. Um, like uh, very true. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, to have to allow for two men. To have an unguarded emotional experience that's physical, yeah. platonic, a- any right. intimacy whatsoever, compassionate, yeah. 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 Compassion, empathic. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's weirdly not that's transgressive. Like yeah. the cartoon yes. used to be based on the idea that Dick and Arthur were like when when a little boy finds a, another little boy and they have their best friends. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you're you're. It's okay to hug. It's okay yeah. to be basically. Um, affectionate with that person because there are none of these like sort of layers of stigma that are about maledom yes Mm. uh so this yeah it's really i'm happy that this yeah. came out the way it did, and I feel Everyone like... Everyone who sees it reacts very strongly I'm to the hug. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Even it, like when we shot it... good huggers. <laughs> Peter deserves a lot of credit. He's, he's Big Spoon, I'm Little Spoon. Uh, hey, the Little Spoon is very important. Yeah, yeah, you can um, do it with one spoon, that's obvious. But that was like maybe our second or third day of filming, and we were still fighting paparazzi a lot that first week. Yeah. At a certain mm. point, they stopped coming around because they were like, oh, it's no. the same guy wearing the same suit every day. <laughs> nothing new to get photos of. But those first couple of days, we were getting a lot of paparazzi. And the guy, when we were shooting the hug, was like a foot away from us. Right. And he got this photo that ran in like the tabloids yes. right. the next morning. And the paper was all over the internet. 
And a lot of the people who were like very fanatical about our pilot when it came online had seen that were waiting for the full season to come really latched on to the hug. Yes. And there's been this like hug fan art since like <laughs> March. You know, where they haven't even seen God the bless context. Tumblr. Oh, God some bless of them Tumblr. some of them were even joking like is this actually part of the show or was this just in between takes? This like is what's just going a lot on of here? Cast affection. But I think there's there's something kind of odd about that image and how genuine it is and we don't undercut it with any sort of no. joke, you know? No, there's no joke. I, right, it's very I mean, sincere. Right. Yeah. Mm. And and I think, you know, not to speak for for Peter Serafinovich, my lovely co-star who is not here, uh, is sleeping, I think. <laughs> Lucky guy. Uh, he, um, he always says the thing that he really loved reading the script is that, like, the Tick is, like, this big, powerful guy. And then he meets Arthur, and it's, like, a six-year-old on the playground. He's like, I, I want him to be my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? And I have a lot of reasons to push the Tick away defensively. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's throwing a lot of crazy stuff <laughs> at me and a lot of really extreme stakes. But he's really adamant about, like, no, I like you. You're going to be right. my friend. And by the end of the full 12 episodes we have, you know, yeah. the six that are coming out now and the six that are, we've mm. shot are coming out a little ways away. Um, I, I think it's really... Reasonable to give away the spoiler that a friendship emerged. Yeah. We just, like, by the end of it, we're such genuine friends. You yes. know, it really is a partnership. And I always say it's like a romantic comedy, this mm -hmm. show. Yeah. You know, because it is like we're two people who don't really know how to function without each other. That's and once correct. we do, we just enter some kind of flow state. <laughs> you know? um, I also kind of like the way you um, talk about mental illness because it's just like, I need to take my meds and just get on with the day. And that's, that's what a lot of people try to do. And right. it was just so genuine. So how was it kind of exploring that aspect? Yeah, I mean, I love that. You know, I, I love that I think um, so often when you have a character who is neurodiverse in some sort of way, you know, has some sort of character, uh, chemical imbalance or what have you, that's the entire story. Mm. Yeah. You know, their entire character is defined by that. And the entire narrative is really about that, you know, or they're a joke or they're a villain or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, they're just meant to be a figure of pity or fear or or sort of uh, mocking, you know, humor, whatever it is. Um, and this is just, it's a very big part of who he is, but it's a part of who he is. It's yes. not the full definition of who he is. And there was, uh, when the pilot came out last year and, you know, Amazon Prime Video does this thing where they put the pilots out there to get a sense of whether people, there's an interest for the show before yeah. they commit to making more of it. Oops. So Ben and I were just like obsessively both. We were in Chicago for a comic convention. Yeah. We were in our hotel rooms, respectively refreshing. Looking they had just released it. Yeah. So we got the first flush of, yeah. of fan response to right. the pilot. And I found this Tumblr post that I thought like made me cry. And I sent it to Ben immediately about, um, it was someone saying, I've never, you know, I, I've, uh, you know, struggle with mental illness my entire life, and I've never seen a show like this that has a character who is neurotypical in this way and isn't the crazy one. Mm. Yes, you know, totally. yes, like he he's fighting this thing, he's figuring out how to live with this thing more than anything. He's fighting the perception of how people view him and write him off, which yeah. I think is a story that's not often told enough. You get, you know, sort of stamped with a big crazy on your forehead and then yes. people treat you with kid gloves and tell you, well, just lower your expectations. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's the line my mom on the says uh, on the show says and also my mom in real life says, like, <laughs> you know, good is great, honey. Good is great. <laughs> yes. Like he's been told, don't expect greatness. Yes. If you can achieve good, you know, a really boring, functional <laughs> good, you're going to be OK. And I, I say a lot of stuff like that when I'm sort of doubting tick in these first couple episodes you know mm -hmm. my family doesn't want uh, exceptionalism they want stability yes. you know that sort of stuff 
And I think, especially within the comic dynamic of the Tick and Arthur, Arthur is the straight man. Yes, you know absolutely. he's not the crazy one, and no, I think very it's much. very exciting to be able to tell that story and just have these things exist on this spectrum. It's nice for the routine, like just right. like mm. I'm just going to take this, yeah, and it's <laughs> going to be fine, mm. right? And then we'll move on to the exceptional later. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's not it's so refreshing. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, yeah. his starting point. I think uh, another thing that's that feels like we found a way of expressing the idea that. It's his capacity that we're kind of playing with. It's not that he's he. The times around him call for a certain kind of uh, misshapen yeah. comet of yes. action and uh, like preparedness. That whether or not you would call that sanity at the moment is <laughs> right. not of purpose. No, you but, know? but that's I mean, another thing that's I love. A continuum is that he's not a hero because of his mental illness. It's no, not like that's not a superpower. All. And he's not a hero in spite of his mental illness. It is an element of who he is. Yeah, it's right. just in a the same it's, way, it's a part of who he is. Right, it, that any other character, their their job, you know, what foods they like, <laughs> yeah. you know, how they dress. Yeah. It, it's part of the tapestry of everything in his entire life has been True leading enough. up to this moment. Billionaire, playboy. Right, yeah. <laughs> truly. You mental know? illness. Yes, yeah. 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 Um, but that's what I love about it. He, like, he's the sum of his entire life and his experiences, you know? Uh, we have to wrap it up now. Oh, out of time. Was fun. Out of time. It was really nice it's talk. So good. Yeah, Congratulations. We can't wait to check out. Uh, it's so nice to hear that tick dog whistle again. So we, we hope you guys uh, keep making the hell out of this show. Uh, I hope we our do. Our antennae too. are up. Oh, <laughs> they're up. They're, they're, up. Up. <laughs> they're twitching. It would be very nice to stay employed. So hopefully, <laughs> you know, enough people hear the whistle. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks. Thanks for having us. And yeah. We'll try and keep making more. Yeah, and a lovely home you have here. Oh, thank oh, you so Once much. Again. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Oh, that was such a lovely chat. Uh, the full series of The Tick is now available on Amazon Prime Video. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Um, but till next time, happy gaggling, and see you then. Bye.